They're crazy, they're zany, and just plain nuts, but they love Jesus. America's Keswick and all of you. Here are the hosts of the Bob and Bill podcast, Robert Hayes and Bill Welty. Well, good afternoon, Bob. Hey, Bill. How are you? Uh, I'm okay. This is, uh, let me see. This is episode 26. Can you believe it? No, I cannot. It's kind of hard to think that we've done this many episodes of the podcast, but we're real excited today. We're going to do many ministry matters and uh, interview some of our staff. But before we do, we had our hymn sing last week and Carol Sexton was here. It was really good to see her. And uh, she did a wonderful arrangement of There's something about that name. So let's give a listen to Carol Sexton as she sings, and then Graham's going to come and uh, lead us through the interview process. Jesus, Jesus, oh Jesus, there's just something, there's just something about that name. Oh, Savior, oh, Jesus, like the fragrance after the rain. Jesus, 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 little heaven. And earth proclaim Kings and kingdoms They will all pass away But there's just something About that name Jesus, oh Jesus Jesus, oh, there's just something, there's just something about that name. Master, Savior, Jesus, like the fragrance after the Oh, Jesus, let all heaven and earth proclaim. Kings and kingdoms, they will all pass away, but there's just something Okay, well, several weeks ago, we uh, interviewed some of our staff to talk about what God has been doing in the ministry, and there's been so many things happening that I thought it would be good for us to get together again and share some of the things that God is doing in the ministry of addiction recovery. Uh, Dr. Johns is here, 
who oversees the ministry of Barber's Place. Chaplain Juan oversees the ministry at the Colony of Mercy. And uh, we're gonna, Graham's going to ask him some questions, and then I want you to meet Robert and Kathy and Jim and talk about what does summer, what is summer going to look like in America's Keswick. But Graham, why don't you uh, lead us as we talk to Juan and Lynn. Sounds great. So Juan, the last time we kind of talked with our partners, uh, you kind of laid out a plan about what taking in new intakes was going to look like in this season of COVID-19. And I think you've been in that process now a little bit. Are there anything you can share with us how that process went, things you've learned, things like that? First of all, I want to just uh, uh, say thank you for a team. It wasn't it wasn't me. It was a whole team of people who mm-hmm. came, researched, and studied all the CDC recommendations, all the things that we can implement. And so it was great to have a foundational um, uh, truths out there to be able to work with the new residents. Um, but actually, what's on paper and what happens in the field looks a little different. <laughs> yes. So things things come up that we didn't see coming, and so. What I like to say is that uh, how encouraging it was uh, to see the whites in their eyes as they came into our program. It just reminded us why we do it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we were reminded very clearly why we do it when the guys came in. And we learned some things about how, how uh, their perception of recovery, uh, they had some skin in the game because all the hoops they had to jump through to be able to to come into our stabilization period. So they were serious and uh, we kind of saw their hearts early in that process. So we're learning and tweaking as we go, like with anything, um, just growing in that. And what we did learn is that when you put a uh, individual in a stabilization there, they get uh, more attention. Mm-hmm. And so that has been helpful that they get like this uh, directed attention to their needs in this specific area. That's exciting. And I'm, I think we're all excited to kind of watch the colony through this process and just see how those men do. Um, Lynn, um, you uh, have been going through really the same process as the Colony of Mercy. But I have a question for you. What are some of the benefits that you've seen through this season of COVID-19, particularly for Barber's Place? Well, this morning I was just thinking about how um, what God has done for the women that are currently in the program, we could not have scripted. Uh, That so much that we have just watched um, as in March when we had to take away um, family, that the women that were in the program were about three months in, so they at least weren't new. They'd had some of that season, but when they lost their family, they realized how much that they thought that their family was like their rock. Mm -hmm. Like they had to have their family. They couldn't live without their family. They couldn't survive without that connection. Um, And so for some of them, they realized that their families were what they were so um, dependent on uh, and not healthily disconnected from, and that they were dependent more on their family in this process than they were on God. And covid sort of made them switch and say, okay, it's just me. I can't see them. We can't touch each other. Um, We are more disconnected um, than when they were in their addiction. Uh, And so the, the, the movement back to, I really, it's just me and God. 
And um, that's been really exciting to see. And we we haven't done housekeeping, so we picked up all these extra hours that we're, we have these ladies sitting there. And so we added additional classes. Um, they have gotten intensive. We always say we're an intensive program anyway, and you practically get a year's um, a Bible school while you're there. Mm-hmm. Well, now they're like over the top, and they are so hungry for the word. They are just diving in. They're they're ask, asking for all these like, can we do Bible classes? They're they're studying the Book of Revelation with Noah. Um, they're talking about it. Mm-hmm. They're dialoguing with it. They actually are hungry for more of the the meat. Um, than any other group we've ever had because that's what they've had to fully rely on. And in a lot of ways, it's what they have had to deal with um, their whole life is living in isolation um, and starving for something else. And so we put them in a place where we have really been able to show them that starving for God is um, you can live this way and be happy and joyful and their connection with each other has grown. Uh, It's been really, really exciting to see. Um, And on top of that, we've had our best graduation rate ever Mm. in the middle of all this. So God is still at work and COVID has not slowed that process down any. I think what's exciting to hear about that is I think in our minds, there would be a tendency to think, oh, COVID would have you know, sidetracked what's happening at the colony. It's going to be a lesser experience. But from what you're saying is God has done even more through this time, which is really, really cool. So just like the Colony Mercy, um, you're now working on a new intake process to kind of bring new women into the program. Um, Why don't you share a little bit about what that process looks uniquely for Barber's Place? Okay. Uh, Well, we we actually started last week. So we have uh, one student in the middle of it right now. Uh, We uh, were able to convert uh, the the ground floor of Barber's Place was where our enriched offices were. And so um, we we had to move the enriched program out, but we've secured them um, housing in the activity center and a nice space and area for them to meet. Uh, so we don't, you know, we were very much, it wasn't about moving them to like a lesser ministry, but uh, adapting. And Melissa was very good about that. Uh, but we were able to take two rooms, uh, the two offices that were down there and convert them into rooms. And then we took the sort of the foyer lobby area and we've turned that into like a mini classroom setting. And, um, So they each get their own room. They're coming in. We're calling it a stabilization two-week program. We've actually written a two-week curriculum just for them, which is really whetting their appetite with the basics of the faith, um, introducing them to some real preliminary uh, reliance on who Jesus is, they're who they're where their identity is found and we're giving them uh, pretty intensive, uh, you know, like you said, Juan, Juan, this is, um, they get intensive work with staff their first two weeks. And I know the women, the girls, the students that are upstairs right now, they actually talk about it that probably would have helped their transition in because you come into a house, they're all settled. They're in the middle of a curriculum. They're in the middle of a class and you have to jump in and figure it out in the middle of all that. And this way they come in, they get to know the staff, they get to ease into the process. They get to become a little more familiar with the surroundings um, and understand a little bit more before they are actually going to be sort of thrust into the main part of the program. And, um, you know, we only have one right now. The other one had to delay her, uh, 
coming in. We have two more coming in in another week, but um, she has just eaten it up, um, hungered. Um, and the interesting thing is, is the, the the student that did come in now, she was due to come in the week after we closed down, the week after we shut our doors and said, we can't bring anybody in. So she was ready to come. And so now she is like hungry to be here, uh, which is exciting. And maybe that was God too, because then I think it was more like, okay, now it was like, I have to be here. You know, she spent the first three days crying. I have to be here. I have to be here. So, um, so we hope to keep this process moving. This may be that COVID has introduced a whole new way that we bring people into Barbara's place. And it might even help keep the new ones here. And we won't lose as many in the first week or two um, because they just can't settle and they don't feel heard and they get lost in the crowd. One of the things that is a concern to me is that it seems like we are deeming essential, at least in our state, almost everything that relates to addiction. Uh, we're talking about the casinos opening in July. We, we opened up horse racing, uh, curbside cocktails. You know, and, and, I, and I have to admit, early on in the process, I was upset that we kept the liquor stores open. And while I don't totally understand it all, I know that part of the process was if you cause an alcoholic to withdraw and don't provide something, it's going to put him, at, him or her at risk and also puts our healthcare system at risk. But it seems like everything we're opening is encouraging people to get deeper and deeper into their addictions. How do you think that that's going to impact our ministry, and how are we poised to be able to help? Uh, you're looking at suicide on the rise. You're looking at families that are in disarray. It, it seems like we're going to be busy. Oh, yeah, we have 30-something guys on the wait list when you think about think through that. And uh, one of the other effects is that a lot a lot of detox centers are shutting down for the moment. Some are still open. And so there's not a lot of resources out there for them to get help now. Uh, so what it did is shift the way we do ministry. Um, we're doing some FaceTime visits with some of our grads. Uh, we're keeping the lifeline open uh, to connect with them in different areas. Yes, this is going to have an impact because in recovery, the very thing uh, that helps us and assists us in recovery is relationships. And so relationships with our church, relationships with our support groups, relationships with our pastors, with our mentors. And so we will see the, we won't be able to measure completely instantaneously, but down the road, we'll be able to see more of the effects of isolating us from the very thing that we, that are essential mm -hmm. to our recovery. Mm -hmm. During the early part, um, our calls did not come in. We had very few calls. We had very few people even inquiring because uh, we were wondering how we were going to tell them, you know, right now we're not accepting and, you know, to start the process. But uh, in the last month, uh, about the same time we decided we were going to start opening, uh, we've gotten calls on a, on a regular basis. And so we are back to, you know, several calls a day, applications going out, a longer wait list. Um, you know, I have at least six women already slated to come in. So 
that is even unusual. And I think that it is the isolation, the heavier use uh, during that time is is kind of moved us to there are more people in a state of desperation. Um, what exactly happens as they have to wait, whether or not they stay desperate, whether or not it kind of weans off, that's really going to be mm-hmm. interesting to see how it plays out once life gets back to normal, whether or not they're like, oh, life's back to normal, I'm good mm-hmm. now. Um, I, You know, God knows, uh, I always say that, there is a bed for you when God knows it's time for you to be here. And we really, we start that encouragement right off the bat. Yes, you might be, you know, not scheduled to come in until July, but God knows that that's when you need to be here. Uh, and if he thinks you're in sooner, then somehow he's going to make that bed available. Um, I do know that right now it's hard to get in almost anywhere. Mm. Uh, so um, I think that helps us, uh, you know, keeping people on our list and waiting. Um, it's hard now to get into detoxes. That's tough for us because they have to come in detox. So um, measuring all that out and getting that all synced up is uh, is a challenge, but God is up to a bigger challenge. We, we just sit there every day and say, okay, God, you know, we're going to do this on your terms and the way you played out. Mm. One of the uniquenesses about our ministry, which is why I think God has continued to bless us, is that we have partners that pray. Um, that the the foundation of this ministry is prayer. So for both your ministries and for everyone watching here, what are some particular things that our partners can be praying for both you two, maybe um, as individuals, but also for the ministries and the men and women that you're serving? How can people be praying? Well, first of all, uh, again, I'm thankful that we have a competent staff that put together a very detailed system so that to protect us as much and protect the residents as much as possible. But um, like with anything, this is new for us. It's new new for everyone. Um, just praying for protections as uh, myself and a couple of the staff are directly um, are working with them even before we get our test results back, our COVID test back. And so we're putting ourselves um, in, 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 in that atmosphere and area. So one, you know, pray for safety for us as we go through. And the second prayer would Pray for the residents that are coming in that um, during this time uh, that their tests are negative for COVID. But not only that, is that their hearts be ready to receive what God has for one more prayer, if I can. Uh, We have uh, amazingly uh, people staying longer for discipleship, even with closing down the the visits and all the relationships with the family. We have, uh, I think, 12 disciples to graduate this week and going into discipleship. If I, if I, can, I don't have my paperwork in front of me, but uh, just a prayer that they get what they need in the next three months uh, because they have committed themselves to longer and to more counseling and for more discipleship, mm-hmm. discipling. And so that I pray that we can meet them right where they are for them to commit for it. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. One of the positions that we find ourselves in at um, Barbara's Place is um, almost six years ago, we opened five and a half years ago, uh, and we started totally from scratch. Well, at the end of this month, I will be totally starting from scratch. All of the students I had will graduate. We will have one, two, you know, three in sort of the stabilization program. So from July on, we are looking at bringing in a whole new crew and really starting the program over. So 
You know, asking that God leads us as a staff at this opportune time to be able to really reflect and say, is there something we need? Is God leading us to change something? Uh, is there something we need to add? Um, what have we learned these five years? And, you know, we have been given, you know, I hate to say it, but by God, not by COVID, through God, an opportunity that doesn't usually present itself, where we get to completely, if we want to, scratch and start all over again. I don't think we're going to because we like what we're doing and we, we do believe in what we have um, put together and have been, we've had a very good year with it. Uh, but I do believe that there are things that we've always toyed with and it's so it's the time and so wisdom as we as a staff, um, you know, that have kind of walked through this last season and I've got one staff that's been here from the beginning to just look and say, you know, what are we dreaming? What, what do we see? Uh, what do we see now that we didn't see when we started? Uh, what do we envision that we have an opportunity now to begin to plant that seed um, to see how it might happen? And uh, so I think that's the biggest prayer. And then, you know, the staff is still out there. We've kind of been in and out with a few of our staff having some um, contact connections with people with COVID. God has continued to spare us. Uh, but again, as we open up more, um, you know, safety, just to continue, you know, keeping it outside of our walls. Um, not that we want it anywhere, but we certainly don't want it within our walls um, because we don't. Right. It's just <laughs> and I simple think as, as that. <laughs> and I think as people have prayed for us, what is amazing is there has been, there have been no colony men. Right. No Barber's Place students, no staff that have been impacted personally with COVID, which is just an amazing answer to your prayers. So we don't want to, don't stop praying for all of us. So let's thank Juan and Lynn for sharing. And I want to invite Kathy Withers and Jim Lang to join us. And uh, for those of you that are familiar with the ministry, you know the routine, you know what we do, uh, you know about our ministry, that's good. But there's a lot of folks Graham and uh, Robert that are watching the podcast that have never even been on campus. Mm -hmm. And when we did our little thing last week with the tour of the facility, I had so many neat comments saying, wow, we didn't even know what all was on the campus. In fact, I had some of our regulars that didn't know <laughs> what all was on the campus. They didn't know about Juan's house. They didn't know about uh, the story behind Victory Hall. So yeah. it's really cool. That is cool. Okay. So the big question that's on all of our minds, really, and probably on the minds of you as well, is what is happening with summer? What is summer going to look like? We're now in June. Um, so let's take some time maybe to kind of speak on that a little bit. So there's no other ministry in the world that does what we do. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, we, we have addiction recovery. And we have conference and retreat and outreach. And there's nobody else that's doing that. So we're, we're sort of navigating in uncharted territory all the time. But we don't, we don't, we're not a camp. Um, so there are lots of guidelines that have come out for opening summer camps and day camps. We, we don't fit that. We're, we're three ministries. Well, when I say ministries, we have three parts of our conference mm -hmm. and retreatment. We have a hotel, which is... Ross Memorial, St. Memorial Lodge, and Victory Hall. Uh, we, we are a restaurant because we serve meals in our dining room. And, and 
we're a church. Now, I think we talked about this last visit. We, we were incorporated as a church, which I still don't understand back in 1897 how that even entered the thought process. That's a question we'll ask William Rawls when we get to heaven, and by then it probably won't matter. Um, so we, we've had to answer how we fit into those three categories. Um, we, we now know what we can do from the hotel perspective. Obviously, in the state of New Jersey, dining is going to look outside for the moment, and so we're trying to figure out how do we serve our guests who come with having takeout meals and doing that outside, not in the dining room. And then because we're a church, now we pretty much have a good understanding of how many people that we will be able to serve this summer who want to come for our conference season. And so we're, we're looking at a number. I don't know that we're ready to talk about what that looks like, but I think where we are as of the moment is we're ready to move forward with summer. Uh, so you need to know that there are going to be things that we're going to do this year that look totally different than what they did the year before. I think that word flexibility right. is going to be the key for this coming year and stretching all of us maybe out of our comfort zones. Right. So, I mean, like we all masks, mm -hmm. we're working through what that's going to look like. Obviously, social distancing is still a part of the mix because we want our staff, the colony men, the Barber's Place students to be safe because as guests come on the grounds, obviously there's that greater exposure to risk. Um, we're going to have to do some things programmatically that are different. Uh, a lot more outside programming versus doing things inside. We, we've made a decision not to move forward with children's ministry this year. And part of that is because when we looked at all the guidelines, we really feel that we're not really poised or equipped to do children's ministry like a day camp would do. So we don't know what it's going to look like. I mean, yeah. And I mean, talking about flexibility and, and things are going to look different. I mean, you can't come onto the campus uh, during COVID-19 and things going to look the same. Um, but one of the things that I, I would challenge you as you as you think about what you're going to do this summer is, and uh, before you punt on your plans is, um, you know, God still wants to work in your heart. And, and just as in previous summers, you know, God did an amazing things through the, the ministry of the speaking and ministry of prayer here. Uh, he wants to do that same thing this summer. And, and sometimes we kind of have to step out of our comfort zone and do things we're a little uncomfortable with because God is targeting something in us. And so um, before you cancel your plans and decide not to come, you know, is there an area of your life where God's kind of targeting that that maybe a, a week away with uh, some less distractions would 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 help you? And so um, we st things are going to look different, but God still speaks to hearts and transforms lives here, and He's going to do the same thing this summer. And I think one of the things we need to pray about is in some states they they are trying to say we can't worship, we we can't sing. That would be dreadful. Like, think about what Keswick would be like if God's people weren't able to sing. So, I mean, if we have to sing with masks on, we're going to sing with masks on. But please pray that that won't be something that the restriction that will be put on the churches in New Jersey. As far as our speakers go, we're going to do one speaker a week versus two. Uh, obviously, our expenses are going to be higher than what they've been. We don't know. There's a lot of unanswered questions. But I think what Jim's what Jim said is so accurate. We want people to still come here and have God speak to their hearts. 
and transform their lives. And I'm hoping that our people will rise to the occasion, that they will be so glad to get out and be here and see all the wonderful things that God has done. They won't be complaining about, I got to use paper plates or takeout containers and this, that, and the other thing. I think it's going to be exciting. What, what are some of the things that you're thinking about in terms of outside activity? Well, we we are going to make sure that all of the current outdoor activities are up and running. So bocce ball, horseshoes, shuffleboard. Um, we have tennis courts. We have a gaga pit. We have um, big chess and checkers and uh, things like that. So we're going to just capitalize on all of the things that we can do creatively outside in a safe way and uh, we'll go from there. The meetings will be in the in the activity, activity center. center that gives us the ability to really social distance it is strange that we can't be inside the gym for activities or we won't be using the indoor pool right at the moment i mean everything is changing very quickly day by day right the lake will be available obviously for canoeing and kayaking we can't put the inflatable up but you know the keswick lake is just such a <laughs> glorious place to be with all the turtles and the eels and the water moccasins. You didn't hear that. They're just down at the lower lake. That's right. That's right. So, so things are going to, we, we want to make it as real as we can, even despite some of the changes because of the COVID virus. And, and I really do think our people are going to do well. I think sometimes when it's like what Lynn was saying earlier, God is going to do something amazing in the midst of this, whatever you want to call it. Um, I, I hate to say COVID is a, is a totally negative thing because I think there are some spiritual things, especially that are very positive that will come out of this. And obviously it was no surprise to God. So it's going to be neat to see what he does. And, and we're still all working through what the new normal is. And my prayer has been like, we've done three weekends of drive-in church and it's been really cool to see how excited people were to get back together. And, you know, everything's nice and happy, and I hope it stays that way, you know, that we don't flip back into the pastor's message was too long, it was too short, it was too hot, too cold. I don't like the music, I don't like standing. I hope we're past all that so that we can really be the people of God and, and to be men and women that God's designed us to be. So if so, with all this being said, over the next week or two weeks, we're going to have lots of information coming out about what this looks like, how you can start booking um, at, in the future. So if you want to stay plugged in, I would highly suggest you join, if you haven't already, our Keswick Family Buzz email. Um, we'll have information in the description box that you can get signed up for that. Um, and our social media, we're going to have tons of information coming out about that um, that you're going to want to find out so you can stay connected throughout the summer. And Jim, you're still working with groups. So if there's somebody watching that wants to come for a weekend retreat. Yeah. So same thing with, with the conferences, we want our, our guest groups to come. And so uh, again, it's going to look a little different. Um, but what won't change is the, the service that we want to provide you. We want to be um, kind of your hands and feet before you come here, just making sure that we have all the things that you need to make your retreat uh, successful and enjoyable and and again dining will look different activities will look different and we'll be putting out uh, a set of guidelines that i'm going to draft up and we'll make that available uh, on our website and also uh, available to all our group leaders and so within the next uh, week or so uh, you can start to look for that information 
All right, Jim, we're going to let you get back to work because you got a lot of phone calls to make. We're, we're really <laughs> excited to see uh, what God's going to do this summer. Graham, let's talk a little bit about our podcast because some of our folks may be just tuning in to today for the first time. We've got something going every day. Yeah, it's, it's really exciting, and I've been so thankful that um, as a ministry, we've been committed to putting out content. So Monday through Friday at 1.30 on our Facebook and YouTube page, um, we have Worship Live with yourself and Robert and Joyce. Um, so that happens at 1.30 every day. Then on Wednesday and Friday, we have the Bill and Bob podcast, which you're watching now, which is really great. And then Mondays, we have a series on Revelation taught by Pastor Noah Lang, who's at the Colony. Tuesdays, we have um, Hope for Today, which is a podcast for women taught by my mom, uh, Lynn Wilson. And then on Thursdays, we have what's called the Ripple Podcast, where we highlight testimonies from both the Colony Mercy and Barbara's Place on what God is doing in the hearts and lives of those currently in our program, which has been an amazing encouragement to see those stories mm-hmm. in the midst of everything that's been going on. So that's that's kind of on the surface, everything that's happening. So if you want to get plugged into those, um, make sure you're following us on our Facebook, on our YouTube page, and and stay plugged into that Keswick Family Buzz email because we're always emailing out what the latest things that are coming out of um, kind of the the technical aspect of what's happening here at Keswick. And obviously we're going to be live streaming all of our services during the summer. And because of that, for the five weeks of conference season, we are going to disband the podcast and the worship live yeah. for those five weeks. So if you start digging and looking for those, uh, it's not because we're protesting. It's because <laughs> right. we've got other things to do. Uh, you're going to get the full service with all the worship and the testimonies and the message, yeah. which I know that you're going to thoroughly enjoy. So Bill and Kathy, um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, all the really exciting things that have been happening here in our projects. Um, so why don't you guys talk a little bit about the, maybe some of the things that we've accomplished over the last kind of several weeks, and then maybe give people a tease on what they can be looking for in the future. Wow, God has been doing so much over the past couple of months, and that is a big thank you to our partners who give, who allow us the opportunities to update our facilities. Um, we are so excited about our dining room. Mm. It's beautiful. Um, so we thank all of you who gave to that project. We're looking forward to you utilizing that dining room. So that's been accomplished um, while we have uh, had the time. Um, right now we have the carpeting for the hallways, which was another part of that project. It is on order, and we are looking to hopefully get that done. I think Jim Kennedy said uh, late this month, early July. Uh, so if you do come and we're working on the hallways, please um, forgive the inconvenience, but um, we do want to see that get accomplished. Um, new, new lighting in the hallways, yeah. and they're working on uh, upgrading some of our guest rooms in Ross Memorial, which is awesome. really exciting. Awesome. Um, we've been able to do some other projects that we haven't really had the time to do or the capability to do because of people utilizing Um, rooms and areas so it was really cool to hear the colony chapel pews have all been refinished Um, the colony dining room is uh, being renovated and I believe is complete so um, we're looking at our activity uh, center window project we're still getting some bids for that looking to see that get accomplished and when you see the windows it's going to be it's going to change the whole look of that building which is really 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 exciting 
Um, there is a project currently that we are still working on, which um, I think it was really interesting that this was our spring project. Mm -hmm. And now knowing where we are in this situation of social distancing and needing to spread out, um, our spring project was a $50,000 project to have another set of audiovisual equipment for the activity center so that the equipment here in the auditorium could stay put. Um, traveling back and forth equipment tends to get broken, uh, but we really wanted another set of equipment. So um, we have about a $36,000 need still for finishing that project, but how awesome it would be to uh, not only have the equipment itself, but the capabilities of large screens and live feed um, so people can see if we're going to be at a distance and a lot of our folks are seniors, um, you know, those large screens with that live feed. I can't see what's happening on stage, but I can see it up on a screen is going to be an awesome thing for our guests. What I love about that is that is another exciting reason why we want you back on property. Right. God has done so many cool things here. And uh, we know you love this campus. We love this campus. And to be able to see all these new things happen, and a lot of them not even mentioned, the, the team has been working so hard on little touches to really yep. bring the campus up to date, mm -hmm. which is so great. So I still am overwhelmed, and I know you are too, about what God did over the Family Freedom Walk. Um, <laughs> I, I still haven't wrapped my head around that. But um, why don't you give, because we talked about it in our leadership team meeting, an update about where the final number is for the Family Freedom Walk. Sure. You'll remember a few years ago, um, <laughs> we changed our Family Freedom Walk from an outdoor event mm. to an indoor event, mm -hmm. and God really blessed that. And then this year, we were kind of like, wow, what are we going to do with the Family Freedom Walk this year? And so we chose uh, to go virtual with our Family Freedom Walk. And our goal was $115,000. And as of this morning, the final number, uh, we believe all the gifts and pledges have come in is $167,189. So, and, and growing. Unbelievable. And growing. Because there's still a couple gifts <laughs> that are still, still okay. coming so, in. What's your goal next year? Our goal next year is going to be 125000 and that's not to belittle what God has done here, um, but we love goals that are attainable, and so next year um, we're going to up it a wee bit and see what God does. Amazing. It is absolutely <laughs> astounding. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of an update on that particular project, but again, times have been crazy and maybe you both of you can kind of give some insight into where we are big picture financially. I think the thing that we've said at the very beginning was there's no ministry in the world that does what we do, mm -hmm. combining addiction recovery with conference ministry and all the outreach things that we do. Uh, what has been absolutely mind boggling for all of us is to see how God has provided for our needs. Uh, we have not had to lay any staff off. We've not missed a payroll. The, the biggest hit for the ministry has been in the fact that we haven't been able to have any conferences. Uh, we haven't had any groups in. Uh, we haven't been able to have touch points with our hymn sing crowd because when, when the hymn sing folks come, normally the offering for that event is about $10,000. So you add all that up, on the financial report and that's like disaster. Like I, I think 
we estimate somewhere between six hundred and seven hundred thousand dollar losses in those revenue streams for the ministry. That's catastrophic. But God has done exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond all that we can ask or think. And when Jim Kennedy, our COO, got together with Dan Monique, our CFO, and they looked at April, where we should have been at a loss, we were at a $20,000 plus. Again, $20,000 isn't a lot of money to be over, but when you figure out all that was given mm -hmm. during that time frame to have us be over budget, what can we say? First of all, thank the Lord, mm -hmm. and then we want to thank you because you've prayed and you've given. Mm -hmm. With summer, that's going to mean, like when I look at what our bills are for this period, it's ridiculous because nobody's here. Mm -hmm. So all of our expenses are down. Mm -hmm. But as we move forward with summer obviously that's going to increase the expenses the utilities uh, staff that we need to hire so we want you to continue to pray we want you to we want you to continue to give and i think one of the other areas of giving that has been astounding is people who have made wise financial planning decisions in their after living giving mm -hmm. And because of that, we're able to do so many projects that we may not have been able to do. Uh, one lady left a gift. We got our first payout of $62,000. So you know what? It's it's exciting. <laughs> like there are days that we're ready to pull our hair out for those of us that have hair. But then there are other <laughs> days when you just, you just are in, in awe of what God has done. And just a couple of simple things. Um, over the summer, if you're unable to come for an event like a hymn sing, and um, you know, I just want to ask you if you would consider and prayerfully consider still sending in your offering and possibly sending in your offering with your $12 ticket price. That would just be a small way to really uh, help us at this time. Um, if you've been um, giving at hymn sing throughout the season, uh, perhaps you would just like to become a visionary partner. You're giving most months out of the year anyway. Um, so visionary partner is our monthly giving program. We'd love to have you be part of that. Um, as Bill said, you might uh, be considering your, um, your after living giving. Uh, so we would love to help you with that as well. If there's um, anything we can do, please call anyone on the partner care team. We'd be happy to assist you in any of that. Yeah, one of the ways that people can, they can consider a charitable gift annuity. Absolutely. If you're 65 or older and a gift of $10,000 or more, uh, you can purchase a charitable <laughs> gift annuity and still earn income on, on that annuity. So that's an excellent way um, for you to give to the ministry as well. And also, you know, we've had the opportunity over the last couple of months to be uh, having a number of our staff call our partners and ask them how we can pray for you. So if you have a prayer need, please um, call us. We are here to pray with you and for you. Um, it's just a small thing we can do for everything you've done for us. This has gone a little longer than our normal Bob and Bill podcast, but I trust that it's been helpful. I want to encourage you to join us tomorrow at 1.30 for Facebook Live Worship with Robert and Joyce. And then tomorrow afternoon is the Ripple podcast. We also have Thursday night, we have our virtual men's fellowship with Pastor Matt Stokes. It's going to be a great evening. Starts at 7 o'clock. That's available on Facebook, 
Boxcast, and YouTube. Yep. If you live local, we are doing curbside meals yeah. for, for lunch. They're hot meals, $10. You have to pre-order them. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is the schedule. one 800 You can be a part of that. Again, we want to thank you for praying and remind you that America's Keswick does depend on friends like you to support this ministry with your gifts and with your prayers. You can give a gift, one 800 or you can visit our website at www.americaskezik.org slash give now. All right, Bob, we'll, uh, we'll see you. We can take a nap now. <laughs> no, we have a few things to do today. <laughs> All right. Hey, God bless you. If you enjoyed today's podcast, let us know, write us at bewealthy at americaskezik.org or it'll be in the description below. If you'd like to learn more information about America's Keswick, you can visit our website at www.americaskeswick.org. Join us every Wednesday and Friday at 2.30 for the next edition of the podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Tyler. And have a good and godly day.